Greetings and welcome to the Legacy Drawing Board. This is a podcast for Sojourners of Life. I'm Ron Fong, your fellow traveler and host. This podcast is a collaborative effort because I rely heavily upon your feedback, your comments, and your conversations to help guide my growth uh, in terms of producing episodes that are worthy of your time. In this shared forum, we explore the definitions and the functions of legacy. In prior episodes, I introduced Dieter Ram's 10 Principles of Good Design. I introduced them to serve as lenses to bring about a vision for your legacy, to bring it into focus, and to have tools to execute that vision. That dynamic, that dynamic process reminds me of the proverb, vision without execution is hallucination, and execution without vision is a nightmare. Previously, we discussed the principles of innovation, usefulness, aesthetics, and understandability. In this episode, the focus will be on the principles of unobtrusiveness and honesty. Before we get into the mechanics of actually building our legacy, let's make sure that we have a firm definition, something that we can relate to, something that makes sense to us. Our legacy serves as a messenger for every, our every thought, word, and deed. It is the first impression, and it makes a lasting impression. I want to provide more details to the definition of a legacy. A legacy is a lifelong process of discovery and faithful acceptance of your divine gifts, united with a steadfast stewardship of growing them to be shared with those near to you and those whom you will never meet. I know that's quite a bit to digest while you're doing your laundry, brushing your teeth, or driving home for work. Let's start at the beginning. It's a divine gift from our Creator. Never let anyone tell you that you don't have gifts. You do have gifts. However, it may take time and effort to discover them. And in doing so, by the effort that you put forth in bringing them about, that is part of your legacy. Once you discover your gifts, how will you grow them? How will you grow them in order that more people have access to them and that your gifts mature? Essentially, a legacy is intended for use by others. We can think of it, our legacies, as instruments for inspiration. Once we start thinking of a legacy as a tool for others, now let's turn to our principles of design today. The first one is unobtrusiveness. For Dieter Rams, being unobtrusive meant being restrained in order to leave room for the user's self-expression. This doesn't mean that you are uninvolved, inattentive, or detached. To be unobtrusive, the individual must be keenly aware and disciplined to understand the needs of others. The idea is that you want to help these individuals grow at their own pace and within their own space. I think we can all look back at our work experiences and remember the good bosses and the bad bosses. The good bosses gave us time and space to grow on our own, and they were very supportive, and they allowed us to find our way. They were being unobtrusive, but they were not being detached or distant. They were there when we needed them. The bad bosses we remember as someone who was always looking, overlooking our shoulder or was micromanaging us, and they wanted things done their way. And for them, if it wasn't their way, they couldn't conceive of any other possible solutions. And for those of you in leadership positions, think about your work legacy. Leadership is a process of distillation, not installation. 
Are you there to clear barriers for those whom you're responsible for? Are you making it clear as to what needs to be done and then providing them the room and space to do it? Or are you overloading, overloading them with more details, more demands, and a lack of trust? Being unobtrusive reminds me of the time when I was coaching Little League Baseball. One of the biggest challenges in coaching young players is to how to hit a ball. And think back when the batter is in the batter's box in a game situation. Family and friends are screaming a dozen instructions, if not more. And the child's trying to do something, trying to accomplish something. Yet there is interruptions. There is definitely an air of obtrusiveness. When I was teaching the batters how to hit, one of the things was try to clear their minds and try to keep things simple. First, I would have them understand what the strike zone is. I wanted them to have good three good swings at, at, at each at-bat, and that meant swinging at strikes. But before swinging at strike, they had to know what a strike was. I would have them practice, sit in a, be in a batter's box, and I would have the pitcher pitch, but I would have the batter not swing, and I would have the batter actually call the pitch so that they would become comfortable in understanding what a strike was and what a ball was. And once they were able to make that distinction, then we could go about hitting. I didn't focus too much in terms of their stance or the hands position. I wanted them to have a sense of discovery, and that was where the trust would come in, that they would figure it out. Because if every time they were in the batter's box, they couldn't rely upon me yelling instructions. I wanted them to have a sense of discovery and a sense of accomplishment that they were able to contribute to their own success. And again, I just wanted them to recognize what a strike was. And once they recognized the strike, I wanted them to swing. And we could definitely work on the mechanics, but only after the batter felt comfortable and felt like they weren't overloaded with so much information that they would have just a miserable experience in the batter's box. I never used wins or losses or batting average as benchmarks for whether I had a successful season or not. My job as a coach was to make sure the player had an enjoyable time and that their interest was peaked and that they wanted to come back next season. If I saw a player at signups for the next season, I knew I had done my job. The second principle for discussion today is honesty. In terms of product design, honesty keeps the product from attempting to manipulate the end user with promises that cannot be fulfilled, whether it oversells or underdelivers. And this principle was very challenging for me to incorporate into legacy design because of its visceral impact. I couldn't imagine anyone who didn't want honesty as a cornerstone for their legacy. Now, not fulfilling a promise covers a spectrum from not being able to make your child's ball game or recital to outright lying and deceit. At one end of the spectrum, there is no malicious intent. Uh, circumstances came up and you simply could not make it to your child's event. At the other end of the spectrum, the intent to deceive was always present. Uh, there was never an intention to keep that promise. Dieter Rams talks about manipulating the user with respect to product design. Now the application of honesty in your legacy design. Remember, your legacy is a gift to others. Would you really want to package this honesty as a gift to others? And as a gift, you don't need to sell it. There should be no strings attached. It's something that you want to give freely to help someone improve their lives. People use the term, the brutal truth. 
The truth is never brutal. The truth may be unpleasant or undesirable, but it is never brutal. Dishonesty is brutal because it will destroy trust and relationships. Once we leave this earth, our legacy will continue speaking for us. And at that point, we don't get a second chance to edit it. We don't get a chance, second chance to redo it. And if our legacy was built on dishonesty, that's what people will remember. Thank you for spending your time with me. And please send your comments to rfong at truenorthshepherding.com. In our next episode, we will continue examining Dieter Ram's principles of good design. We will look at the principles of durability and thoroughness. Please continue to care for your legacy, give it the attention it needs. And when you do that, we all benefit. Mm-hmm.